0: A warm good morning once again to our listening audience. The current time is 9.02 a.m. on this Wednesday, the 2nd of September. And we welcome you to another live edition of Community Pulse, our locally produced program here on the coronavirus pandemic in mid-Missouri. You can catch Community Pulse live here on 89.5 FM, Monday and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 All backdated episodes are then uploaded to our website, also our Facebook feed, and you can find them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. On today's program, we are so very pleased to welcome Mr. Lawrence uh, Simonson. He is the Chief Strategy Officer for the Pednet Coalition, Pednet being the uh, pedestrian and peddling network here in Columbia, Missouri, and he will be interviewed by public health advocate Ginny Chadwick. Mr. uh, Simonson, thank you so much for joining us this morning.
1: Oh, great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
2: Thanks so much, Lawrence, for coming on. Um, It's really, um, I think, helpful for our listeners to get the perspective of PedNet and and ideas for what we can do outside, because we know that's the safest place to be. So let's cover the numbers of where we are right now in this pandemic. We are in September, and I think a lot of us are having a hard time believing that it is already September. Um, But we have been, you know, dealing with this virus in the state of Missouri since March the 7th. So, full six months in, we have 88,546 cases identified in the state of Missouri. So, yesterday we had 1,330 cases identified, with 78 jurisdictions or, or health departments reporting. So, we see an upward trend. We're averaging. Um, over 1,300 cases per day right now. And our positivity rate is still far above the World Health Organization's recommendation for testing. So um, we are at 13.8% in the state of Missouri. Um, So we know that broad community spread is happening. Um, In Boone County, we have um, seven deaths, but yesterday the state of Missouri reported 35 deaths. So that's one of the higher days of death reporting. And again, our death data is trending up as well slightly right now with um, we have a 15-day death average showed yesterday was unusually high. Um, The University of Missouri right now is reporting 591 cases of COVID-19 on the campus. Um, So if we look at the month of August within the state of Missouri, we had 36,000 new cases. That's almost like half of the number of cases that we have right now in the state of Missouri that we've identified since the beginning of this pandemic so almost half of those cases have been identified just in the last month um, and 330 um, sorry 371 deaths of our 7 7- hundred deaths were identified just in the month of August. So as we see, we are exhausted of this pandemic, but the pandemic, the, the virus is definitely not done in the state of Missouri. As we look just specifically at Boone County numbers, and I think many people around the county have been watching these numbers very closely, the Columbia Public School on Monday night um, voted 6-1 to one to put online exclusively for the entire month of September. So even those who opted in for an in-person option or a hybrid option, as as many were hoping, as cases stayed below 50, um, our case rate yesterday was 95 new cases for September the 1st. Um, So we now have 2,709 cases in Boone County that have been identified with almost 700 active cases. And if you look at the number of cases in quarantine right now, that number hasn't moved lately um, too much, and it's at 900. And that means that there's oh, just about one, you know, one and a half cases in quarantine per active case, for, so for every person isolated. So we know that that number probably right now is far underreported. The Boone County Health Department has, um, you know, put out notice that they are far behind because of the number of active cases. They have hired new people um, based on CARES funding that was finally allocated by the county commission, Um, but that... Those employees have been sucked up with their time with our new cases. We are now averaging almost um, 100 cases per day in Boone County, and you know, if if we recollect what was going on for so long, you know, until June, we were only averaging less than five cases per day, and now we're averaging 95 cases per day. And testing um, so has been an issue. It's definitely been reported that. Lines for testing have been upwards of three hours. Um, Luckily today, um, the um, MU Healthcare did report that they are opening, as of today, the Mizzou Softball Stadium testing site. So there are now two locations for MU Healthcare and obviously Boone Hospital has been consistent in having their location open. Um, I have heard anecdotally that the, the line for waiting at Boone Hospital is much shorter. Hopefully, with the new softball stadium opening, we'll see that MU HealthCare line go down. MU HealthCare did report three days last week where they had to close early due to reaching testing capacity. Um, So when we hear our decision makers and elected officials say we have plenty of testing capacity, you know, MU HealthCare posted on their social media three days in a row having to close early due to reaching that testing capacity. And interestingly, if you look at the numbers of what's going on um, testing-wise, we only tested 126 people in Boone County yesterday, which we had identified 95 positive cases. Our positivity rate for the last, the seven-day average, and we only report that every seven days, was 44%, which is <laughs> the double almost triple the rate that we have reported prior. So Columbia Public Schools, you know, their rate that they're looking at is at 65.9. Again, if it falls below 50, we can have hybrid. If it falls below 10, we can have five-day in-person. We know that there's a lot of community members um, that are wondering what are we going to be doing with our kids in the month of September, and um, it sounds like Columbia Public School is going to announce their school schedule for the like I know upper grades. We've definitely I have a daughter who's in high school. We've been eagerly anticipating what that schedule is going to look like. So Lawrence, there's a lot of unknowns for family, but what we do know, and it you know it's been reported in in um, media and by scientists is that outdoors is about 20 times safer than indoors for COVID-19. And so we urge, you know, the more outdoor activities that kids can do, the better off they are. So can you give me a little update of, you know, just for our listeners in case they don't know, had that as a staple, um, organization within our community, but give us a brief update on what PedNet has been doing lately in Boone County and within the City of Columbia, and, and just the mission of your organization.
1: Yeah, so um, the mission of PedNet is to provide uh, biking, walking, and public transit solutions so everyday people can get about and, and have their needs met. And so everything we do, we look at from the lens of biking, walking, and public transit. And we use those as tools to help improve our community and really any aspect of the community. We really have this belief that you give us a problem in a community and we can tell you how biking, walking, or public transit can be part of the solution. And one, the current crisis that we are facing, that has that has played true wholeheartedly. Um, as you mentioned, you know, being outside and being active and is much safer than doing anything indoors right now. And biking and walking are obviously outdoor activities. And so we have done a lot, uh, over the course of, you know, since I guess March now, um, some things have, have, have bared fruit. Uh, unfortunately, not as many things as we had hoped would have bared fruit to help our community exist in the current time. Um, but one of the things that we had been focusing on up until this past Monday when CPS went fully online was we have been starting to work on a lot, a, a big initiative to help parents. Um, allow their kids to bike and walk to school because um, CPS was recommending when we were still looking at in-person or hybrid that only having 50% of their busing capacity, which is not a great thing. We are huge supporters of the the yellow school buses. We believe that is the, the safest, most efficient way to get all kids around Columbia and Boone County to schools. But unfortunately, not everybody has the option to always bike and walk, and so we were going to be implementing a big campaign to get those individuals that could um, walk and bike to school to be able to do that because the solution isn't just for everybody to then drive. If you can't get your children on a bus to turn around and just drive because the data shows that the majority of congestion in the morning, so the congestion we all complain about through we're, we're trying to drive to work, A big portion of that is just people trying to get their kids to and from school. And also that amount of congestion is the leading contributor to kids getting hurt from a motor vehicle when they are trying to walk or bike to school. And so it's kind of this negative spiral of, I don't want my kid to walk and bike to school because of cars, So they put their kid in a car and that just adds to the problem. And so that was one of the things we had been recently working on. And now we're kind of shifting gears to with many kids going online um, or all kids in Columbia going online, shifting our gears to start helping promote the idea of getting outside, you know, for that quote unquote recess or. Uh, however you want to call it, free time, and letting the kids walk or bike around their neighborhood is a big thing we're kind of switching gears on now.
2: So you talked about biking to school. I know my daughter was a part of the middle school bike brigade, um, and just for listeners, we live um, close to the Columbia Public Library, and she went to Smithton Middle School, which is past the mall, and she, she was determined to spend the entire year biking to Smithton Middle School there and back. And so what HeadNet has done, and, you know, I'm assuming that's still going, Lawrence, but obviously not right now with us 100% online, is to really build up the program of getting kids to bike, either bike to the school or to, um, you know, the safe routes to the school bus stops, you know, walk or active, you know, transit um, being bike. To the bus stop areas that parents could go to, and as you mentioned, if Columbia Public School System is reducing their their bus fleet or bus attendance by 50%, that means a whole lot more kids could could potentially use active transit of biking or walking to the school bus. And you know, I think we all in Columbia have a lot of hope that um, the Columbia Public School District will not be Fully online the entire year, um, that, you know, the school board will reassess in the middle of September what's going to happen. But as we make that shift from getting the kids actively to schools, tell me some of the things that you guys are considering on how to get kids active while they are fully online.
1: Uh, well, th- that discussion started on, on Monday. Um, but, um, A lot of the stuff we're doing is simply just promotion. Um, You know, unfortunately, right now, we don't feel safe doing any kind of big programming that brings a group of kids together, whether it's outside or not. um, We don't Mm -hmm. personally want to be responsible for that. So um, my team of uh, campaign is what my campaign people, I'm going to call them. Um, they are currently putting together a list of promotional activities, particularly with regard to things like how long it takes you to walk a mile or a half a mile and then continuing to put out different um, activities to do while walking, whether that be scavenger hunts, um, any kind of orienteering things, uh, different you know plant identification type of stuff. So just different activities that we can put out that. We'll get the kids walking or biking. Of course, we always do a lot of promotion about where the trails are, how to use the trails, um, how to use the road if you are taking your kids on bike to go onto the roads. Um, and so that's a lot of what we're doing. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of information. As I said, that team is currently putting that together right now to to hopefully get out, you know, by Monday. You've touched
2: on a lot of things, I, and you know, in the past, I know you've had a confident city cycling program that when you just mentioned, you know, safely riding on the road, um, if people were interested in an understanding more, because I think that oftentimes there's confusion about, you know, does the bike take the lane? Do they ride with the cars? Do they ride like, like a pedestrian? If people are wanting to understand more, is there a place that they can go? Are are you holding classes? And I'm assuming that you're not in the pandemic. And so is there an online tutorial or training that individuals can go to?
1: You know, we've been discussing creating our own videos. We have our own kind of unique way we like to talk about um, how you should operate your bicycle when riding on the road. However, until that occurs, one of the best places I think to go to is the League of American Bicyclists um they have videos on their website that do a really good job of talking about the rules of the road as well as some of the misconceptions about where you should ride how you should handle your bike you know questions about signaling um you know stopping at stop signs all those types of things you know merging into traffic waiting for traffic all of that the league of american bicyclists currently has some of the best videos out there However, as I mentioned, we've been talking as part of this campaign to create our own videos in which we can use, you know, Columbia streets, you know, where the tricky intersections, you know, for instance, I can think of, um, I don't anticipate a lot of kids, although I see them riding there over by Schnook, the Forum and Stadium intersection. Mm-hmm. Um, talk, that's a confusing intersection. So we can do a video that talks about how to best navigate that intersection whether you're an adult or, uh, that's experienced or a kid or an adult who's getting new to it, how do you get through that intersection?
2: So two-minute pitch, what would you tell people on how to ride safely on Columbia Street?
1: My number one piece of advice to give to people when riding a bike on Columbia Street is to try to operate your bicycle as if you were driving in a car. So if you would do... Something in a car, you should be doing it on your bicycle. So, for instance, you know, stopping at a stop sign. If you stop at a stop sign, which it is legally required for you to do both on a bike and in a car, stop. You know, if you're going to do it in your car, do it in your, on, your, on your bike. Um, you know, one of the biggest misconceptions or things I see people do that when riding bike is they'll approach a stop sign or a stoplight on their bike, and there will be a line of cars in front of them. And that person on the bike will move over to the right and pass all those motor vehicles on the right side, bringing them to the front of the queue. Now, that's not something you would do in a car, so don't do it. We recommend not doing that in your on your bicycle as well. So that's my two-minute pitch. Is uh, however you'd operate a car, that's the way you should operate your bicycle.
2: And one of the biggest risks to that, in my brain, is that if a car at the stop sign was going to make a right-hand turn, they wouldn't necessarily see you coming up on their right as you cut through the line of cars, and, and you could easily get, you know, hit by a total accident. Um, you mentioned on the um, ideas of what to do with kids that we have a fabulous trail system, and that you often direct people to that, and. Can you maybe touch on some of the trails and where people can go to find information about that?
1: Yeah. The best place to to go to get information is Columbia Parks and Rec has a a link on their website. So just, you know, Google Columbia Missouri Parks and Rec and go to their website and they have a link on there that just says, you know, Columbia trails and it uh, has trail maps and descriptions of all the different trails on there. But I mean, uh, just for instance, last night, I needed to get across town. I, I live more on the west side of town, and I needed to go over to Stevens Lake Park. And so uh, me and my kids, we utilized the MKT Trail, which took us all the way to campus. And then we kind of we navigated through campus because it was after 5 o'clock, and we knew campus would have the least amount of traffic. So we navigated through campus all the way over to the new Rollins Connector. Some people know it as the Shepherd to Rollins Trail. Um, we utilized that trail, which was fabulous, and um, eventually got us to the Bluffdale neighborhood, over to the Boone Valley Trail, and then into Stevens Lake Park. Um, it was a wonderful ride and uh, very little motor vehicle traffic. And my kids are a little younger than yours. I have a, a six year old and a ten year old. And for them, you know that the trail is definitely the best place to start your kids off learning how to ride over a distance, particularly for transportation. Um, and so that's one of the great things about our trail system is it completely removes not only the true danger of riding with cars, but also the, the sense of safety that it gives to, for kids and parents with kids to be able to get them started using their bike to get around a bit more.
2: And I think right now with the pandemic, a whole lot of us are traveling less. Many of us are even working from home and the distance that we're going when we leave the house is probably not very far. And I would be really interested. You might know the average of you know trips nowadays compared to before the pandemic. But, you know, in the recommendations of just little things that we could do to start to ride our bikes or active transit to these places, what are some of the suggestions that you have?
1: Uh, my my biggest suggestion is just do it. Um, I, I mean, you know, not you know, kids notwithstanding. You know, if you just need to run and get a a, a thing of milk or some bread or, or something, or even with your kids or with a family member, try making uh, an event out of it. So if you're going to go, you know, grab some ice cream or something like that, try to try to make an event and just do it. I think that's the biggest thing. Most people think that it has to be a whole ordeal that you have to make this huge planned event and that you need all this special gear. And you really don't. Biking is one of the most um, simple and fun and enjoyable modes of transportation out there. And it's very efficient. And I think people, most people don't get that. And so by just simply trying it, you know, pick something close within a half mile to a mile of wherever you're, you live and just get out there and do it. Make it simple. You don't have to go buy, you know, an entire, you know, two weeks worth of groceries or something like that. It could just be simply we're going to go over there and, and buy a candy bar or whatever it is, or something healthy. Since I know you're public health, <laughs> so we're going to pick up a, a banana or something um, from a store. And I think what that allows people to do is start to realize, like, hey, this is incredibly easy and incredibly simple and efficient. And it's not nearly as difficult. In fact, you know, I I have completely flipped Most people ask me all the time, like, how do you do this and that without a car? And I often am now to the point where I'm like, how do you do it with a car? Because to me, I have completely changed my perspective that a lot of things out there are more difficult with cars just because I've gotten so used to riding my bike all the time. Most people just aren't used to riding their bike. They're so used to their their current pattern. And so it's simply habitual, and it's just need to change your habits a little bit. And that first step of just getting out there and trying it makes a huge difference. And you asked about statistics. You know, the majority of people um, don't travel more than two miles for the majority of their trips. And two miles by bicycle is roughly 10 to 15 minutes. And so you really don't add a lot of time to your travel by riding. And in some cases, you lessen it because you don't have to worry about parking or paying for parking or stopping for gas or sitting at uh, many of the stoplights because you can use the trail. And so things like that, biking ends up being a lot easier. But what's been really interesting right now, and you may have reported on this before, but um, people are driving less. So we have more or fewer and fewer people out on the roads driving their motor vehicles. And we are seeing an uptick in the number of people using their feet for walking or a number of people biking to get around. But unfortunately, as we've seen the average vehicle miles traveled reduce, we've seen the number of crashes actually increase because of dangerous driving behaviors. And so that's been a very interesting thing to note is, we see more and more people out there looking at these big, wide, empty roads and saying, hey, there's not very many people out here. I can, I can drive dangerously. And it's making it dangerous for those who are now choosing to walk and bike on a more regular basis.
2: So with that, can you hit on Vision Zero and, and the goal of Vision Zero and, and maybe how that's moving or not moving forward within um, the KOP listening area?
1: Yeah, so just to explain what Vision Zero is, Vision Zero is, is is basically a policy statement. It says that we are no longer going to accept traffic deaths and serious injuries on our roadway. The only acceptable number is is zero. That doesn't mean there won't be crashes. The goal is that when a crash occurs, when somebody makes a mistake, that it doesn't result in death or serious injury. And so after making that policy statement... Cities will go and adopt different initiatives that help move us towards that number of zero, so start ticking away at the number of deaths and serious injuries, so they start implementing initiatives that get us there. This isn't something that can't be done. Um, There are cities that have accomplished it, and Columbia does have a Vision Zero policy. Unfortunately, we are not seeing the needle move in the way we would like it to see move, The proven way to get the needle to move towards zero has been shown that you need to make big engineering changes within your transportation system. So how we design roads, how we prioritize biking and walking and people with disabilities to be able to get around, how we do things on our roadway to help people drive calmly so there's less um, aggressive driving on our roadway. Unfortunately, we haven't seen as much movement in Colombia, as we'd like to get us towards that. Um, those initiatives, unfortunately, we've seen actually more initiatives to increase enforcement um, as, as a tool and increase education as a tool to get us towards zero. And um, I, I, I have belief that uh, law enforcement officers probably shouldn't be in the job of traffic management. They are trained to do other things and traffic management is shouldn't be something they should be involved in. That's my personal opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. And with regard to education, um, you know, we've tried traffic education since the dawn of cars, and it's not really moved the needle in the way that we want. And the science shows engineering is the way to do it. Um, And again, unfortunately, here in Columbia, we haven't seen much. In 2014, 2015, excuse me, 2004, 2005, Columbia was one of the first Cities in the nation to adopt a complete streets policy, which ensures that we have things like sidewalks and bike lanes and good crosswalks, Um, and that was really great. But that's been 16 years essentially, and at this point, our complete streets policy, um, Pennet helps get complete streets policies adopted all over Missouri, and right now we the, the policies we're getting adopted in you know small towns around Missouri and. And, and other towns around the country that are adopting complete streets policies are much more modernized design standards than what we are we are doing here in Columbia. So, um, unfortunately, with with your kind of regard to your question with Vision Zero, we have not seen much movement, uh, even though so we've made that statement. So
2: there's real key engineering design policy changes that need to happen so that as we are more homebound with COVID and and trying to keep people safe, that we can be moving about our our streets and roadways safer as pedestrians and on bikes um, and in wheelchairs. You know, I know just simply driving downtown um, from my house, Ash, we can still park in the bike lane on Ash. So, you know, last minute, Lawrence, if there were some key policy changes that you would like to see Columbia adopt so that we can move about safer, what would they be?
1: My number one thing would be to redesign the street design standards to bring it to um, a much safer design standard. I know know that sounded very technical to maybe the audience, but that is the number one thing is to modernize our street design standards. and bring us into, you know, a more modern, progressive city type of standard that allows for more families to feel safe getting out, walking, and biking around their neighborhoods. I know I, I have a short time, but Ash is a perfect example. They just redesigned it, and they put bike lanes on it, but it doesn't really change the fact of how most people are using that road to get around Columbia. Most people in Columbia see Ash as a, just a cut-through street that they try to fly down to, to get around, Ash is a neighborhood street, and we should design it as a neighborhood street. There are families and driveways and kids that all live along that road, and that road should be designed as a road that allows those families to feel like they live in a neighborhood not along a cut-through street. So, awesome. a, a, Thank a, a you new, so newly, oh, much, go ahead.
2: I'm going to cut you off because I know our time is up, and I'm going to send it back to Peter in the studio. But... Lawrence, um, Chief Strategy Officer for PedNet Coalition. Thank you so much for joining us today to talk about um, the pandemic and how we can get about Columbia in a safer and more active way. Back to you, Lawrence. Uh, Peter.
0: Thank you very much, Ginny, and a, <clears throat> a special thanks to our guest today, Mr. Lawrence Simonson. He is the Chief Strategy Officer of the PedNet Coalition, that is a pedestrian and pedaling network here in Columbia, Missouri. We also thank you, the listener, for joining us today once again on Community Pulse. As a reminder, our revised programming schedule will feature live shows here from the downtown KOPN studios Mondays and Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. And all of our backdated episodes are then available on our website, on our Facebook feed, and also Spotify and Apple Podcasts. As always, we want to know what questions, comments, and insights you have related to your experience with the coronavirus here in Mid-Missouri. Please leave us a message at 573-874-1139 or email us at gm at kopn.org, You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, all of the usual channels. Thanks again to our listening audience for tuning in today. We will return next Monday with Dr. Elizabeth Alman. As always, we wish you a pleasant weekend. Please stay safe. Please stay informed. And as Dr. Alleman would say, please cultivate a cheerful infection or a cheerful optimism that your body has the ability to fight an infection. We'll speak to you next week. Enjoy 51%.